right, good morning. Good morning. Oh, man. This is exciting and still, yeah, you can bring that right here. And I still get nervous. 11 years here at the sanctuary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, man. I still get scared. Amen. But I'm excited. I, I really believe uh, I've been wrestling with a word all week. And I really believe God wants to tell somebody God wants to talk to you. Amen. That was just for you. All right. Let's, let's get situated. I want to go back to my quotes. I haven't used the quote in a long time, so let me start with the quote this morning. You ready? All right. Amen. 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 Here's the quote this morning. Human fullness is the greatest obstacle to supernatural filling. Two amen, so only two people got it. Human fullness is the greatest obstacle to supernatural filling. The reason sometimes we come to church and we don't feel nothing and nothing changes and we leave exactly the way we came and sometimes even worse is because Sometimes we come already full. And you see, it's easier to come and blame the church. It's easier to say, the, the worship team, I, I, didn't, I didn't worship today because they didn't do my song. I didn't like the new song, so I couldn't worship. It's easier to say the pastor was whack today. The preaching was whack. He was off. He didn't bring no fire today. He, he got no heat today. It's easier to because it's easier to blame everything else except you. Because it's easier to, to make us feel better to, to, to blame and instead of reflecting and say, maybe I came full to the buffet today. Maybe I, I came, see, we're here with a, a full bottle talking about fill me up, God. <laughs> and we're going in, fill me. But you already full. And that's why sometimes in church, somebody bump us and stuff comes out and people see our true colors. People see the fullness that, that's already... Sophie's clapping. That's awesome. People see, they bump us and people... And, and the stuff comes out. You go, oh, excuse me, excuse my French. <laughs> that ain't French. <laughs> 
Maybe I came full. See, sometimes we come already full. The, the bitterness that we're holding fills us up. The jealousy that we have sometimes fills us up. The unforgiveness that we carry fills us up. There, there's only certain, some, some of us are good, right? We're like halfway, right? We're, 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 we're like right next to the power cord. That's probably not a great idea. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> But, and, and, but, but you know, until we get rid of the hatred and forget unforgiveness, we can hold on to that for years. This part will never be filled up. We're already full. Maybe we come with our own agendas. Maybe we come to church for what we want, not caring what God wants. Sometimes, sometimes at work... Uh, uh, I go, for me, everything is fellowship. That's just my personality. I love to be around people, right? So at work, I got a squad. There's four of us. We always go to eat lunch almost every day together, right? We go everywhere together. We eat lunch together. Sometimes we go out, we leave the building, we go to eat, and we come back. And when we come back, I don't know if this happens at your job, some meeting ended early or some lunch was double booked, and the pantry has all this food for us to eat. But we already full. And so we come back and sometimes it's good food. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, there's the wraps, the nice healthy chicken wraps with avocado. And Anybody get hungry? And, and there's, and there's um, you know, all kinds of uh, pastries and stuff. But we can't enjoy it. We can't eat of it because we're already full. We can't benefit. See, we need to come to God hungry. Oh man, please church, get this. We need to come to God hungry, not pretending, not with a scam. Listen, I work in the city and everybody and their mother has a scam in the city, right? You get stopped at every block. Well, uh, my, uh, my man, listen man, um, I, I'm sorry, I don't normally do this man, I'm so embarrassed. But my, my wife and my family, they're in the car down the block, we had a little accident, right? And I just need $15, man, to get back across the bridge. And you start to believe it until you realize, wait, you don't pay to cross the bridge this side. I said, bro, bro, tell that story walking. Get out of here with that. Everybody got a scam. Um, but, but, but listen, the hungry people, hungry people are desperate. Nothing breaks my heart more when I see when you're walking down the block and, or, or in the subway and somebody's going through a garbage. They, 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 hungry people are tired. They're tired of asking people for money. They're tired of, of trying to get a handout. They're hungry. Hungry people are desperate. And you see them going in the garbage and, they, and they're digging out that McDonald's bag that you threw out. And they're opening up the wrapper. And they're opening up that burger wrapper. And that last bite that you threw out because you had four already and, and, you could, and that one didn't even have no meat in it no more so you threw that bag out. That bite, they're taking it out of the paper and they're eating it. And then, they're, and then they're grabbing cans and shaking them. And the one that has that sip left, they're drinking it. And that might sound disgusting to us. But they're desperate. Hungry people are desperate. The, the other guys with the signs, you know, you, it, walking in the city is like reading a book because everybody got a sign. You know, then, and, and everybody got, you know, like this and that. You, you give those guys a sandwich... Bro, but that got mayo in it, because is that gluten-free? I said, bro, man, I bought you a sandwich. Bro, I hope that's turkey, because ham is fattening. Really? I give you a sandwich and a water. Like, 
you, do you drink sandwiches with water? I want a soda. Right? Like they have, you, you know what I'm saying? They're not. I said, you're not hungry, bro. You just want to hit them with the sandwich. You're not hungry, man. Stop telling me you're hungry. You're not hungry, man. You're running a scam. I had a guy ask me for money once, right? And, and he seemed, he got me. He's a good actor, the best. He got an award, right? He got me kind of, and I, and I was feeling him. I felt like, oh, this dude just needs a couple dollars, man. He just wanted a cup of coffee. He was being real simple with it. He was good, real smart. He wasn't running a whole scam. He said, bro, can I just get a, like a couple dollars to get a cup of coffee and a roll or something? And I was like, man, yeah, you got it, man. You got me. And I take out my money, right? And, I, and as I'm pulling out two singles, he sees a five. He said, bro, just give me the five. I'll give you, I'll give you these two. And I make change. That's it. Man. And the thing is, church, I'm scared to get like that spiritually. I'm scared to get like that spiritually. I'm, I'm scared to, to get like, God, God, if you just give me $15, God, today, so I can cross the bridge to get to Jersey. Like God don't know that you don't pay crossing the bridge. I'm scared to, to, to get like that spiritually. God, if you would just give me this, man, I'll be happy, God. I won't ask you for anything else. If you just give me, I'm tired of being single. If you just bring that man. If you just bring me that Mrs. Right. Oh, God, I won't ask you for anything else. Until then, I got four Mrs. Wrongs on the side, but I know, I know that they're wrong. I know that they're wrong, God. But if you bring Mrs. Right, I'll let go. I'll cut these off. I'm scared to get like that spiritually. And, and more importantly, I'm scared to bring a church like that. I'm scared to, to, to create a church like that where we all running scams with God. We're running scams with each other. Pray for me, God. Pray. And, and, and we come to the lines and oh, pray for me, man, because I'm seeing things at night in my room. Pray for me. Well, well, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you, what are you, what are you looking at? I'm, I'm, I'm scared because I just, I, I just lust is overtaking me. I just can't look at anybody without, well, 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 well stop looking at porn, maybe. Stop. Stop. Don't keep getting online to get prayed for. Unless you come into the line to say, God, help me break this thing. Don't, don't, don't. We don't want to get prayed. We don't want to be a church that, that prays for symptoms. We want to pray for the root of things. Amen? Otherwise, don't waste the time. There's people online that really need prayer. Oh, wow. Where'd that come from? Jesus. Honestly, I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather shut the church down, man, than, than, to have a, than to have people like that, to have a church like that, to raise more Christians like that that the world could laugh at and look at us and say, those guys are such hypocrites. That guy is so, he's faker than a $3 bill, that guy. That guy is fake. That sister is so fake. Christian t-shirts, this, 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 but she shacking up with this one and doing this. Come on. Fake. I rather, I rather shut. And don't get me wrong, I love church. I love the church. I love sharing the word. I love, I love struggling, wrestling with a word. I, listen, I get two, three hours sleep sometimes and I don't care. I, I always tell God, I say, God, I'll stay up as late as you want me to. I don't care because I've stayed up late for worse things. I've stayed up late for wickedness.
I've, I've blown hours doing the wrong thing. So God, I'll study, I'll research, I'll, I'll make sure that what I'm bringing is biblically sound, that it's checked, that it, that it lines up with the scriptures. I, I, I don't just like, you know, open it, oh, let me just, I'll talk to them about this from the heart. No, that's nonsense. You don't want my heart, you want scripture. Amen? And you deserve that. And so I, I, I love that. I love, but, but I got to be honest with you, man. I get frustrated sometimes because people just don't want to hear it. Teenagers, you think I don't see you sometimes? Just you're sitting there and you're pretending to listen to me, but on this ear there's a headphone going into your jacket. And you're pretending to hear me, but you're hearing Rihanna instead. And, and I'm not going to share the stage with her because we're on different stages. Her message is always going to be the same. Worship me. And my message is always going to be the same. Worship him. But I get, I get frustrated. Can I, I, I'm, just, I'm just emptying some of my bottle today. Is that all right? I'm just going to empty some of that because I don't, I don't want to keep carrying that because I want to be full. I want to be empty that God can fill me. Amen. So I, I get frustrated sometimes, you know, when, when I'm looking and, and, and adults, man, you're just on your Instagrams and your Facebooks. Imagine if I did that in the middle of a sermon. Just like, wait, hold on, hold on. This thing. Oh, Stan, that's a funny video, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. Let me send that to my wife. Hold on. Let me see this first. All right, all right. Sorry, where was I? Imagine. But, but that's to me, that's what you have to see what I see. You have to see that what I see. When it comes time for the word, I have entire families that say, let's go to the store and get sandwiches. By the time you come back, you missed the opening. You missed the, the you, you, you missed something and you already full. Sometimes I just want to say, listen, bro, why don't you just take the whole family to the diner this morning and have a great time? There's nothing wrong with that. You can miss church once in a while. Go, I shouldn't have said that because now the place will be more empty next week. But, but go to the diner, get a good meal, and then come hungry next Sunday. Amen? Because I never, ever, ever, listen, I've been in movies that are long, and I never, ever said to my wife, you know what? Hold up. I'm going to go get a soda and some popcorn. In the middle of the movie. What, what do we do? We get there early to pay the $15 for a bag of M&M's, right? We get there early. Why? So that we can have everything going in. See, I, I don't want you to think we're, we're not legalistic or nothing here. We want you to be able to have a sandwich. Oh, bring a freaking picnic blanket. I don't care. Set it out on the floor. But, but bring it before church starts. Amen? I don't care if you're sitting there eating, drinking. I love it, man. That's, that's why we don't put rugs, because I don't want to be screaming at you for stains. Man, knock yourself out. Munch. Have a good time. I don't mind watching you. You're looking at me. You're eating sandwiches. That's good, because at least that you're awake. So I'm good with that. All right, all right. It's getting hot up in here. It's getting hot up in here. Let's get, let's get, let's get. See, see, let's let's come. Let's listen. One of my favorite Old Testament passages is about a destitute widow. 
We're still following Peter, but we're just taking a road through the Old Testament this morning. Is that all right? Good, I'm going to do it anyway. One of my favorite Old Testament passages is about a destitute widow. And it's, it's found in 2 Kings 4. You don't have to turn there, but when you go home, make a little note. And when you go home, check it. Make sure the story's there and I didn't make it up. It's a good story. 2 Kings chapter 4. It's about a widow, and this widow calls out to the prophet Elisha. And, and the widow tells Elisha, man of God, my husband is dead. And you know that he was a man of God. You know that he served God. But now we're in debt. And, and the debtors are coming, and they're going to take my sons, they're going to take my children to repay my debt. And, and Elisha says, well, what do you want me to do? What do you have in the house? And she says, I got nothing. All I have is a little oil. I love this story. She says, she, he tells her, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and borrow empty vessels. Go and get some empty vessels. He says, go to your neighbors. Don't, not just a few, he tells her. Not just a few. Go and get some empty vessels from your neighbors. And then when you've collected all these empty vessels, come lock yourself in the house. And then, and then take the little bit of oil that you have and pour it into those empty vessels. And then as each one is full, this should have already blown her mind right there. She, there was a secret to hear. As each one is full, set it aside and fill the other. She said, all I got is a little oil. He said, go borrow some vessels, not just a few. And so she did that. She goes with her sons and she borrows all these vessels. She brings it in. She locks the door and, and, and she starts to pour the oil into these vessels. I don't know if she was bugging out at this time. It doesn't tell us. I'd be tripping, right? She keeps pouring one little thing of oil and she keeps pouring and pouring and filling big vessels full of, 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 of oil. And, and you understand, oil is very um, precious in that time. It was, it was, that's like money. That's, that's having like a lot of money. Oil is expensive. Oil was used for everything, for for cook, for eat, for everything, right? And so she's pouring. And then at one point she tells the son, all right, this one's full, give me another one. And the son says, that's it, there's no more. And then the oil stopped. When there was no more empty vessels, the oil stopped. Now, Elijah never told her, let's, let's, come on. Elijah never told her how many vessels to get. You got you to gotta see what's in the scripture. It comes alive and it, and it talks to you. He never said, get at least 10, but no more than 20. Don't be afrentat. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Don't get more than 20. He never said, you know, yeah, make sure you have, you have to stop at 25. All right, you could do 30, but make sure they're little jars, not big jars. He didn't tell him what size jars to get. He didn't say what size. He, a man, a man. <laughs> I bet if she knew... She'd be borrowing vessels for a month. <laughs> so she renting storage in Jerusalem, you know. <laughs> he just said, bring the empty vessels into the house. Bring the empty vessels into the house. And the oil continued to flow as long as there was emptiness to fill. Church, God doesn't anoint full vessels. He pours into empty ones. Can we just stop and pray? 
Before we get to the message, because I ain't start preaching yet. <laughs> God, Father, 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 forgive us, God. Father, forgive us for bringing our fullness for you to bless. The stuff of this world is so temporary, God, it doesn't satisfy. Forgive us, God, for being so full of ourselves. And we come to you humbly this morning and we ask in your mercy and in your grace that you would allow us to pour out today everything that fills your space in us. That we could then be filled to overflowing, God. Father, let there be a mess on this floor this afternoon, God. Your grace is so overwhelming. Your mercy is so great. I know that the oil won't stop flowing till every vessel in this place is filled. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can the church say amen? I feel like I should release you, but I'm not going to. Don't get too happy. We started this series following Peter. We kind of started it by accident. We, we just was talking about it during Easter. And, and we started looking at the resurrection and the events that led up to the time. And, and we ended up focusing on Peter. I, I, I like to focus on Peter because Peter was such a regular dude. He was such a regular guy, so I, I really like, I know a lot of us, you know, we, if we grew up in different backgrounds, depending where we come from, he's St. Peter, and the Catholics see Peter as the first pope, and if we're careless with the word, we can, we can even, we can forget where Peter came from. If we're careless with the word, we can forget that Peter was from the Bronx like you and me. We can forget that he came from our neighborhood, that he came, that we can forget who he was, amen? And we can look at him as St. Peter, and every time we think about him, there's a halo around his head, and he's glowing, and he's in a long robe, instead of like Tim's and jeans. We can forget where he came from, right? And, and the problem is, and we can, like the same thing we do with Paul, and we do that with King David, we can forget about all the nasty that they did. We can forget about all the dirty that's in the word, for a reason, why would God give us all the dirty on David? So that we don't worship David. So that we can understand that you and me can do the things that David did. Amen? Because when we, when we kind of separate them, we forget where they came from, it does two things. It makes us see them and it makes us see the scriptures differently. And it keeps us from ever thinking that we can do the things that they did. <laughs> I don't want to go to class. I want to hear Pastor George. I don't want to go to class. Leave him in here. So, <laughs> that's funny. So we're following Peter. We're only following Peter as he follows Christ. Amen? We're following Peter as he follows Christ. Because I think Peter is a lot like us. And my prayer throughout all this is that in following Peter, we'll find us. I pray that some of you, some of us, in following Peter, will find who we are. Amen? And so, so far we've met this impulsive, big mouth, act before you think, get more things wrong than right, always have a chancleta in his mouth, Peter. Always, right? And, and so even in just that, a lot of us could relate to Peter. 
We're like, yeah, that's me. And so just as a recap, we've been following Peter when he was good. When, when Jesus was with the disciples and he asked them, who do they say I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the son. You are the Messiah. You are Jesus the Christ. And man, he got it good, right? And, 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 Peter, and Jesus was blown away. He said, you got that from the Lord, man. God is using you. God is speaking through you. And then we were, we were you know, uh, right there where we followed Peter when he's not doing so good. The same day, Jesus says, listen, I'm laying down my life. They're going to take me and they're going to kill me. But they're going to, and Peter says, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 hey. Come over here, come over here, come over here. Peter says, the worst as he pulls him aside. And he says, listen, man, that's not going to happen to you, man. I, I don't know why I made Peter Cuban right now, but, but he says, that's not going to happen to you, man. And, and, and Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. So one minute he's hearing from God, the next he's being used by the enemy. Anybody, you know, let's not raise our hands for that one. But we follow Peter when he's doing good, and we follow Peter when he's not doing so good. To the point that even when the army came to get Jesus, he goes all braveheart, ah, freedom! And, and he starts swinging his blade, and he cuts the ear off of the servant of the high priest. Now understand something, if Jesus didn't take that ear and heal this, this high priest, that night they would have arrested Peter, they would have tried Peter, and they would have executed Peter. But God had a different plan for Peter, amen? Sometimes church, understand, uh, um, when we're not listening and we're not being led by God, we can make moves that could hinder the plans of God. Just put that one in your pocket, that's for somebody else, I know. We followed Peter when he was bold enough to step out of a boat. That's bold. I, don't, I, don't, I can't talk about that enough without... It would be like me stepping off the stage and just trusting that I'll be here, not on the floor. That's bold, but that's even more bold because this is, you know, a stunt. But in the ocean, in the water, in a storm, we followed Peter as he was bold enough to step out of a boat but not smart enough to focus on the one that called him. He was the only one out of all of them that was bold enough to ask Jesus to call him out, but he wasn't bold enough to stand where he asked God to be. Too many times we ask God to put us in places we're not ready to stand in yet. Come on, just rub, rub that one out. That's good. Oof. Everybody wants titles, nobody wants to serve. I'll give you a quote from an old Steven Seagal movie. Everybody want heaven, nobody want dead. We want God to bless our fullness, not fill our emptiness. And so we followed Peter toward the end, even as he bragged about his faithfulness. Even if everyone deserts you, even if all these chumps in the room, all of, he said it in front of all of them, even if all of them desert you, if they all break out, I got you. I'm the ride or die in this group. I got you no matter what. And, and in, that, in that same day, a teenage girl said, didn't I see you with him? And he played Shaggy. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And another one, and three times he said, oh, it wasn't me. That's not me. How many times have we done that? 
And some of us could say, nah, man, y'all, I've never said that. Well, maybe not with words. But how many times have we denied our connection to God by our actions? Talking to anybody in here? Some of us have never denied him that way because we never let anybody knew we knew him in the first place. So about this, so about this. See, if we talk just like everyone else, nobody would even suspect we know him. If we walk and look just like everybody else, then nobody would even suspect that we knew him. Can we just pour out some stuff today? Can we just, is that all right? Can we just pour out? Can we, can we just pour out some stuff? Amen. We followed Peter after the crucifixion. And we, we watched him just go back to what he knows. He left the fishing life to follow Jesus, followed him for three years. He saw amazing things. He saw miracles. God used him to perform miracles. He saw amazing things. And, and, then, and then they killed him. And then, just like they said, he said they were going to kill me. And then I feel like Peter just said, well, a brother got to eat. And so he went back to what he knew. He went back to fishing. I'll go back to what I did before. And, and, and church, let me be open with you. This is one of the hardest things I experienced as a pastor. We experienced as a church. When you walk with people for years and, 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 you, and you love it and, and, and you see God's faithfulness working through them and you, and you experience God's love together and you watch God's plan in their life, you watch their family change, you watch things change and, and you watch God answer prayer after prayer. I've, I've walked with people that God have answered that I was shocked and I said, oh my God. I've been praying that, but I say this to myself, I've been praying that for 10 years, God never answered me, but he answered you with that prayer. And I've watched God answer amazing prayers in people's lives, and, and I'm amazed, and I'm like, wow, and we've been, but, but then all of a sudden, either because God gave them what they already wanted, and that's all they wanted, or sometimes God is quiet. Anybody experience those seasons? Sometimes God is quiet for a little bit. And so either because they, they got what they wanted or God's been quiet, or, and, but God hasn't been answering me the way I want him to, or he's not doing what I asked him to do, or he's not giving me what I think is best, and it's the third day, and so I'm going back, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm tapping out. And when we follow Peter that morning, we discovered that him and the crew, they've been fishing all night and they got nothing to show for it. They went back to what they knew and it didn't satisfy. Oh, come on, church. They went back to where they were comfortable and it let them down. Anybody been there? Their, their old life wasn't a source of provision for them anymore. There was nothing then. It's funny, when we come into the church life and we start walking a God life, we think and we remember the times where we was out there doing this and doing that, and sometimes we glamorize it, and we, and we think about it better than it was. Anybody? We think about it better. Oh, man, when I was, you know, doing this, I had cars, I had chicks, I had this, I had that, I had everything I wanted. Well, then why, why, what, what happened? Obviously, it didn't satisfy, right? How, how'd you end up here? Maybe, maybe, 
Well, let's not even get into that story. But you understand. But sometimes we think that old life, we think, well, you know what? I'll just go back to what I used to do. And then it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. You go back to the club and you meet somebody and you're heading home with them. And, and you're empty. And you're empty. Don't raise your hand, but anybody been there? And so their nets were empty. They were fishing all night, but they were still hungry. And Jesus finds Peter. I love that. And he tells him, throw the nets on the other side, puppy. He said, what? He said, on the other side. Throw the nets on the other side. And Peter's like, but I've been fishing all night. I know what I'm doing. He could have said, he didn't say, the word says he didn't say that. But I know inside he said that. Because if it was me, I would have said that. Said, Jesus, you're God, but I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing when it comes to boats and fish. The net, it doesn't matter if it's on this side or if it's on this side. The same fish going back and forth. Come on, Jesus. That's a silly thing to tell me to do. Sometimes God will tell us to do silly things. Come on, God. This net is big. If I throw it on this side or this side, la misma cosa. It's this. You know, it's the same thing. Jesus said, throw it on, do it my way. <laughs> do it my way and I'll help you. And the picture is beautiful, John 2, 16. It says, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Do you think there was 400 fish waiting on this side of the boat? <laughs> And they, this net just missed that whole, just missed it all night. No. No, when God says do it my way, it's because he, he's preparing. He was gathering. He had a school of fish next to the boat waiting. And they were waiting. And Jesus said, when I say go, you go. <laughs> well, come on. Come on. That same place that you labored all night without God now fills your nets to overflowing with God. Family, sometimes God lets us go back just so we can find out for ourselves <laughs> that without Him, our nets will always be empty. Come on. Say amen if you've been there. <coughs> we'll never have enough. Even the much that we have will not satisfy. I'm talking... 20-something years of experience. I'm not talking something that I read. Amen? The good news is God is looking for empty nets to fill. He's looking for empty vessels. The, the abundance of God is already gathering for you in the place that God has called you to walk in. I'd be more excited about you, about that if I were you. The, the abundance of God is already gathering for you in the place that God has called you to. Does, does, does anybody see themselves in Peter yet? We're so much like Peter. I don't know about you, but, but I take my eyes off Jesus and I focus on the storm sometimes. Uh-oh, pastor's confessing. Sometimes I fall asleep when I'm praying just like Peter. Oh my God, you shouldn't be the pastor. Sit, sit that man down. I need somebody that never falls asleep when he's praying. I'm going to find me a better church. I'll give you the addresses of places you can visit. 
I don't know about you, but I got to keep learning some lessons again and again and again. Sometimes I struggle with the same things again and again. Sometimes I worry about what people think about me. And sometimes that changes my, my actions. And it changes my thinking. I was discouraged this morning because there were empty seats. And, and during Easter, we couldn't find seats for people. And I said, why? What changed? Were we giving away something free on Easter? What changed? Why'd you stop coming? Why'd you come that day? To watch a play? Really? Do we need to do a play every Sunday for you to come? Do I need to entertain and do videos and, and jump around and dance and wear a funny nose? What changed? And, and sometimes I get discouraged. I see empty seats and I get discouraged. I know we send 100 kids off to, to, and we have like 20 or 30 children's workers in all the rooms. I, I know, you know, so obviously, but, but you know what I'm saying? See, once you spot the similarities, it's easy to identify with Peter. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. I know that full well. He believed this with all his heart. I believe it. I'm a witness. He tried to do the right thing. He meant to be a good man. Sometimes he succeeded. At crucial moments, he failed. Just like me. Have you ever failed to live up to your best self? That morning after the resurrection, after Peter had denied him, after Peter went back to his old ways, Jesus found Peter and had breakfast with him. I love that. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus always finds us. You, you got to see this. This is cool. Because we always tell people, oh, I found Jesus. Jesus wasn't lost. <laughs> he wasn't. That, that almost makes you like, whoa, you found Jesus. I hate hearing that on TV. I found Jesus. Like he was on the alley someplace hiding. It was in some little storefront church in the Bronx someplace. I found him. Jesus always finds us. If you look at all the Gospels combined after the cross, nobody ever found Jesus. They all went looking, but nobody found him. Not the ladies that went to the tomb, not, not Peter, not John, not the disciples. Every account tells us Jesus found them. He met him on the road. He met him in a room. He, he went into a closed room without any doors, just walked in, boom. He met them in the upper room. Jesus always finds us. He finds Peter and he forgives him. Jesus forgave him and loved him despite all his failings. Have you forgiven yourselves? Like Jesus forgave Peter. Pa Pastor Gary last week, he, he shared an awesome message. I really wish more, more of us kind of got it and, and, and went in. It was an awesome message. It was titled, It's Showtime. And he said, your failure does not disqualify you from your destiny. But here was the key. There needs to come a time when each and every one of us needs to step out. But before that, he said, two things are needed. 
He said, number one, we need to have an experience with God for ourselves. And he said, number two, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. See, the beautiful thing about the gospel, about the heart of God, is that we need to come to Him empty of ourselves, empty of our own strength, empty of of our own ability. We need to come to God open and hungry. But the beautiful part about it is that God will never leave us empty. We followed Peter to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And it tells us that for 40 days, Jesus appeared to his disciples. He appeared to large groups. He appeared to all of his followers. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he had fellowship with them. And he was with them. And he he ate with some of them. He appeared to some of them. He was there. And then he tells them before he left, he said, do not leave Jerusalem. Whatever you do, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift that my Father has promised you. He says, stay here until you receive the gift, the helper. And in Acts chapter 1, we we follow Peter from the Gospels into the book of Acts. And now now we're going to get crazy in the book of Acts. But today we're just right, right here at the beginning. In Acts chapter 1, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word power here is the Greek word dunamis. It means miraculous power. It means authority. We get the word dynamite. From dunamis. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We we read in Acts chapter 2 that when the day came, they were all together in one room. They were waiting. Stay with me. Don't get lost. We're almost done. They were waiting on God. And they had set aside their agendas. They had put aside their issues. They had laid themselves out. Every expectation that they had. Everything. They had poured themselves out. And it says they were together in the upper room. I love the King James. It says they were all in one place in one accord. That doesn't mean they were in a Honda. There were 120 of them. And you can't fit 120 people in a Honda. They were in one accord, means they had one mind. They were, there was no division. There were 120 people and they were gathered for one purpose. And, and verse 2, it says, And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house. Where they, were, where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. These empty vessels were now completely full. They were so filled that they overflowed and began to speak in other languages. And and we say, man, that's crazy. Sometimes we hear people and, and it happens here because it should because we're Pentecostal. Amen? 
because we're filled with the Spirit of God. That dunamis power is with each and every one of us, just like you're witnessing right now. That dunamis power is with us. Everywhere we go, that dunamis power is with us. Everything we do, the Spirit of God is with us. No matter where we stop, no matter where we go, no matter how fast we go, no matter how slow we move, even when we just stop, The Spirit of God is with us. And people were tripping. And, and they were hearing these people speak the gospel in their own language. Because, because, because these people were Galileans. They were fishermen. They weren't scholars. They didn't know how to speak all these languages. And, and, the, the, and, and, and see, the, the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God fills us, it gives us the power to communicate. In ways that we don't even understand how we're communicating. We're going to, as we're following Peter now, we're going to go into a, a, another series of, of spiritual gifts because we need to understand this stuff. And I want to I wanna really open that up and unpack that for us. Amen? Because we come with a lot of garbage about this. And we need to set those things straight. And we need to understand. So, so we'll do that as we follow Peter. But for right now, the Spirit of God filled every em empty vessel that day. And they were empowered and so changed that they never went back to their old lives. Peter received the Holy Spirit of God and he was never the same again. This same, it doesn't mean, doesn't, didn't make him perfect. So please don't misunderstand when the Spirit of God is with us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean that we're not. So don't leave here and say, oh God, I must not have the Spirit of God because I just felt this way and I just felt that way. No, sometimes, you know, we, it's a process, Amen. The beautiful thing is God says, I'll never leave you alone. I'll never forsake you. The, the, the Holy Spirit is a seal. And, and it's the promise of, of, of something special. And, and so maybe we, we can look at the scripture and we say, okay, maybe that was just for, for the apostles. Maybe that was just so that, because they were starting the church. And so maybe that's just for them, you know. But, but let's look at what Peter, what Peter says. Maybe this was a promise that doesn't even apply to us. So why even bother? Peter says in his message that he's preaching to, there's thousands of people gathered there. And he says to them, Acts 2, 39, watch this. For this promise is for you and for your children and for those that are far off. Every, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That day it says 3,000 believed and were baptized and were added to the church. 3,000. And so we see a new Peter filled with power, filled with authority. And, and we'll, we'll see more another time as we dig deeper. But for right now, all these people receive the same power. How do we know that all, all those people receive the same power? Let me give you the proof. It's in Acts 2.42. Watch this. The church and they, the church, the people that were gathered, the people that heard the message, the people that received the promise. Watch this. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they devoted themselves to fellow. Somebody's calling me, really? Really? I'm a pastor. I'm preaching. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right, anyway. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers and 
awe came about upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and they had things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as they had need and you understand what that means that means you had two planchas you don't have none I gave you one that's it that's you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, 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 without the Spirit of God, we can't share a Kit Kat. I, we can't. We selfish. We greedy. Like, get your own Kit Kat, bro. But, but it says, this is how we know they were filled with the Spirit of God because they sold their stuff and they made sure that everybody had. That's a beautiful thing. That's the church. That's such a picture of the church. And it says that they, day by day they attended the temple together and breaking bread in their homes and they received their food with glad and generous hearts and they praising God and having favor with, with all the people. And the Lord added to their number that day those that were being saved. This is a picture of the first church. What can change somebody so drastically but the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God dwelling in us. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Listen to some of you that don't have the church background. This might sound scary or weird. And so I just wanted you to give you, to give you this picture. It's not weird at all. Everywhere when we're a believer, the Spirit of God is with us. It's not weird at all. Everywhere we go, the Spirit of God is with us. And everyone we encounter, encounters the Spirit of God that's in us. Everyone we touch, gets touched by the Spirit of God in us. Everyone we encounter, everywhere we go. Wait, does that mean that sometimes, is it only when we're good? This is the hard part. Everything I see, the Spirit sees. And so sometimes you want to, God, don't look at this. Don't look at what I'm looking at right now. And sometimes you want to say, you know what? Stay right here because where I'm going, I don't want the Spirit of God to go. No, stay right here because where I'm going, I don't want the Spirit of God to be. I'm going to do some things right now. I want to take care of some. There's some things I need to take care of right now. And I don't want you. No, I don't want you with me. And the word says sometimes we can grieve the spirit of God. But God says I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. And the word says that he's the glory and the lifter of my head. And sometimes I'm down and he's the lifter of my head. And sometimes I feel weak and, and, and I can't stand. And he's the lifter and he lifts me and he encourages me and he strengthens me. Sometimes he's my shield and my, my comfort. He's my protector. Sometimes he goes before me and he leads me and he guides me. Sometimes... Sometimes when I'm lost, when I'm lost, he finds me and he brings me back. And 
and he brings me back to where I belong. Listen, without the Spirit of God, we, we'll never feel conviction. The Spirit of God is what convicts us. When I'm empty, when I feel like I got nothing, and I just pray and the Spirit of God will fill us up. And the Spirit fills us. And it fills us so that we can be refreshed. He's our counselor. He's our seal. The Word of God says He's our guarantee. The Spirit of God is our deposit for eternal life. God put you on, what do you call that in the store when you, on layaway. <laughs> Only the old school people know that. The young kids, get here, so what's layaway? The old, us old school, we know, we go to a store, we put things on layaway, we make, we give them a deposit and we get a ticket. So that one day when we have everything, we can go with that ticket and claim that prize. The, the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. He's our ticket. So that one day when we go into glory, we got our guarantee. We got our promise. We, we, we say, wait, wait. Why are you? We get to the gates and, 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 and they say, I don't know who you are. And he said, no, 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 I'm in. I'm in. I got my guarantee. Here's my ticket. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Worship team, you guys can come. The Spirit of God is a fruit producer. We're going to get into the next couple of weeks kind of everything that that Spirit of God does in us because we need that. Amen? We've had some bad teachings throughout the years about this. We need this. We need to be clear about about this. The word says that the Spirit of God enables believers to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, you cannot have the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit inside you. Amen? <laughs> what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You cannot produce the fruits of the Spirit without the Spirit. You can read all the self-help books you want. You can pray to angels. You can meditate to saints. You can light candles from the corner store. You're laughing because you've done it. <laughs> if you have one at home right now, destroy it. I'm dead serious about that because, wait, where's my spirit? See, you know one thing this does? This prevents other spirits from following me around. Yes. You gotta get this. This is serious. Because when you start messing with velas and saints and santos and, and protections and, and horoscopes and all that nonsense, there's other spirits that will attach themselves to you. But when my shield is here, Ain't nothing following me around. Nothing can attach to me. 
He, you know why? Because as soon as it comes close, the spirit will identify it. Say, that's not for you, bro. He said, but, but spirit, I want to go this way. No, nah, no, nah, man. No, nah, you need to go that way. Let me lead you. Let me lead you. Amen? Amen? Oh, that's a good picture, bro. That's a good picture. I love you, brother. That's a good picture. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. It empowers us to be a witness. He said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and Samaria, to ends of the earth. You'll be my witnesses. How can we not be witnesses when we've seen, we've witnessed what God can do? Amen? Listen, if, you, if you're still struggling with that, think about something God has already done in your life. Think about how he brought you through. Think about the things that he's... Don't struggle on the thing that you're wrestling with right now that you're saying God's not answering quick enough. Maybe that's not what God wants for you. Let it go. Empty yourself. Let God put in what needs to be in. Amen? If you would come hungry to the altars today, I promise you will not leave empty. I'm going to release the prayer team and the prophetic team. Everybody, release everybody. Get all the guns out. I want you guys to come up here and I want you. I don't want to be a place where all we do is talk. I want to walk in things. I want people to see things. Amen. The word says we walk in this stuff. Yes. We watch those medium shows and we're like, how does she know that this and that and that? She's not talking to your grandmother. She's talking to familiar spirits in the wicked world. All right, that's a whole nother teaching. That's too heavy for now. I'll leave you with this 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.